0: Welcome to the Creative Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. Over the past 200-plus episodes, I've had the good fortune of speaking with dozens of screenwriters, actors, and directors, such as Aaron Sorkin, Mel Brooks, Carrie Fukunaga, Whitney Cummings, Michael Imperioli, and William Monaghan, among others. We've dissected ideas on story, character, filmmaking, habits, and various principles for creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also find several of these interviews on the Creative Screenwriting Magazine website, in addition to some that aren't available in audio, such as with Nick Kroll or Stephen Merchant. In addition to the podcast, also make sure to search for the new video essay series on YouTube, also called Creative Principles, where we take a deep dive into movies and television, join millions of viewers for subjects like the 16 personalities expressed as characters, did Home Alone Rowan John Hughes' career, the greatest movie never made, and how Jackie Chan creates perfection through failure, among many more. That's Creative Principles on YouTube.
1: Hey, thanks again for tuning in. Welcome to episode 358, where I sat down with Andy Sierra, the screenwriter behind Lodge 49, the movie Palm Springs, and the new series on Peacock the Resort. This is a really interesting interview. Andy talked about his his coming up and how he kind of developed his voice, which is so unique today and so interesting, specifically some styles he, he came with from AFI, but also what he learned while working on Lodge 49. So in this interview, you'll see how to create an act structure, like Andy did with the resort. What he learned in that writers' room, how he wrote the movie Palm Springs, which took about three and a half years, and and transferred from a from an indie film to a much bigger movie once Andy Samberg got along with it, and how to find account, accountability partners for your writing process. I needed to
2: make a change in my life after my uh, uh, I was in a band with my older brother, and uh, for a while, and we decided to call it a day in 2012. And um, he was going off to and making responsible adult decisions. And I was like, well, I guess I gotta do something now too. So I applied to uh, the only school that didn't require the GRE of like the top like those, which was AFI. And it was like two weeks before the application was due. And then I, um, just to hedge my bets, I applied to the producing program and the screenwriting program. And I uh, stayed up all night writing my kind of like a first kind of screenplay. Um, and, uh, that I got into both programs and I, I had a decision. So I was like, eh, I'm going to do screenwriting. Um, that's the kind of like simple, practical version of it. Uh, uh, the not romantic version of it, but also like going back to summer of 93, um, being a, uh, I, 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 we just moved to a new town and I was a bummed out, uh, seven-year-old, um, uh year old and uh didn't have that many friends uh yet uh and uh my dad took me to go see jurassic park and i was like oh okay well this is what i gotta do now (laughs) Uh, and so i saw i saw that like nine times that summer uh and then just like had a i developed a true love for um movies at that point and then that you know that shifted into tv as well in the early 2000s like once i saw what you can do with TV with like, you know, Lost and Sopranos and stuff like that. And so like, I always knew that there was something uh, I, and I would write short stories and stuff, but never like committed to screenwriting at all. Uh, but I always knew that once like, once the band um, kind of ran its course a, a little bit, I would, I, in order to like not hate myself for the rest of my life, I at least had to try it. Um, and that's when I was applying to school, I had to kind of back myself into a corner and try it.
1: What were some of those early ideas? Like, it seems like with the type of work that you come up with, you spent a lot of time, maybe brainstorming creative ideas. What were some of those first ones? Like,
2: um, well, when I was, when I was, uh, in fifth grade, sixth grade, roughly, um, I was very proud of myself as I wrote, um, a, what I call the book. It was about 30 pages, uh, uh, and I wrote a sequel to it that no one was asking for. Uh, and it was called Stuck in the Past um, about a time machine that went to the past and they get stuck uh, in Land of Dinosaur. And then the sequel was another Stuck in the Past, which was when they go back to stop the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Again, I was fifth, fifth grade, so um, they're not the most uh, 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 brilliant ideas. But I do find it, it is interesting that like it's called, it's a show called... <laughs> it was a a, a story called stuck in the past and um this show is very uh clearly about time and uh our relationship to the past and present and all that stuff so um I'm definitely into something within that world uh but that was that was one of the big uh the big ones that kind of stuck with me and then other like I don't know uh I feel like I I dabbled in in various in, in trying to find my writing voice uh for several years and I feel like um I don't, I'm still, still trying to find it and develop it, but I, I know, I know the things that like I'm constantly circling. So, uh, like time and, <laughs> and, and, and romance and comedy and adventure.
1: When you look at some of your work, like lodge 49, Palm Springs, the resort, are you still thinking about things like act structure? Is it more about character? Like, are you, do you have your own kind of set of rules for writing these shows and movies?
2: Um, if I, I if I had a set of rules, I'd probably probably be much more efficient at it and uh, be able to get out a lot more. Um, I I think the the thing that I've I've learned about myself is that uh, I really have to just throw everything at the wall and yeah. see what sticks. And just as an example, like I was uh, we we were, we were finishing editing episode five and you know, it's a 28 minute episode and the script's like 28, 30 pages, something like that. But I have like another separate document that's about 400 pages of episode five. Um, mm-hmm. That's where it's not the most efficient way. Cause so I was like, hey, I, probably, uh, I didn't probably need to like write 400 pages worth of, worth of craft, but uh, uh, in order to get to these 28 pages, but like, that's one thing I've noticed about like my writing is I really need to write through things to find like, the, what is what is what is the core of what I'm trying to do? But then I also like I then look at act structure and um, various like you know the eight sequences or all all those like I think they're they're helpful tools when you find yourself stuck in a way. But mm. but I I think when I'm following like when I'm letting the kind of characters come to life and, and take me on that on the journey as I'm writing, you know, it's to get lost in the writing um uh the I, and if i'm just following my instinct usually it kind of falls into place of where those where like the act breaks would kind of be because I, I have also like when i've when i'm too when i tried the structure approach and then like i'm going to make these things I'll, I'll like spend a lot of time like brainstorming all this stuff and then i then i add a structure to it i want to make sure that these turning points happen if i'm not that those inevitably change once i'm actually writing it because i realized oh best way to end the scene is like this and so where i was going to go right i'm actually going left uh, and so that just makes it throws everything out the window at that point but uh but but i also like i mean i i i, I, I have a, a respect for the structure and i know that like even i remember I had a teacher at afi like talk about like there, there's other students that would, would say like well you know david lynch doesn't follow any kind of structure anything like that uh, and I mean, you look at the whole and drive, it's like a, that's a perfectly structured film. Um, <laughs> but he, I, I don't think he's probably like putting it up on a wall and a bunch of note cards. I, I have no idea what, if, if he is or isn't, but like, if you actually break it down, like the, there is, it's, it's a, the structure kind of naturally comes from storytelling. At least I think, I don't know.
0: Hmm. Were there
1: any, um, specific procedural or logistic things you learned while working on Lodge 49, kind of being in the writer's room?
2: Um, yeah, I, I, I had an incredible experience there. Um, like I started as an assistant to Peter Occo, the showrunner, who's now mm-hmm. Anusha a out too. Um, and, uh, and what, and he's like, you know, he's, he's been doing this for a while, like just watching, like, I feel like a, a good front row seat to what works and what doesn't work in a writer's room. And then also like throughout the whole production side of things too, um, having that front row seat for the first season, and then he when he bumped me up to writer in the second season, um, and like being on that side of the table, um, I, I feel like I like it's because it's, it's it, when when you say procedural, you're talking about more like structure, like episodic structure, or just like the about like bringing a TV show to life.
1: Uh, uh, I guess well maybe like more like the writing process or habits you change or some of those type of things.
2: I, I I I really feel like everybody is. Uh, I think everyone has like their style that works for them, mm-hmm. and I feel like I I feel like I learned in that show that like uh, of things that I tried in this, but they didn't didn't work uh, for mm-hmm. me in this as much. Where I I think the that, like again the biggest thing I learned was that um, while while in the writers room for this show is that like I just we just need to throw as much against the wall, and mm-hmm. um, and I that uh, I learned that in the, in Lodge for sure. And like where, where you can just have like, I, I, all ideas come out and then like, you know, as the creator of the i watching Jim and Theater on that show, knowing how, like watching how they can pick the the the, like the the nugget of certain ideas that come up in the room and then have that filter through their brains into the show that it became. And I think like, um, what, while not like, having to just take a, exactly what is in the room and then plant it in the script. Like there's that filtering process that I think is so mm. important. Um, I, and that was one of I guess, the best things I learned from that show is that like um, n- knowing how to identify like the, the, the brilliant little nuggets that can come out of like uh, all these minds coming together in a writer's room.
1: How did you uh, first get involved with the Palm Springs?
2: Um. I met Matt, the director at film school, at AFI, and we made a bunch of shorts together, and we were about to graduate, and we were like, let's go make our first movie together. Uh, I'll write a director, we'll come up with an idea together. Uh, something small that we can probably do on our own, like, you know, like a, a $500,000 thing, I don't know. Um, not that we didn't, we didn't have that money, but we thought maybe someone would someone would pay for it. And so it was like the week after we graduated, we went out to uh, Palm Springs, kind of had our last weekend together. Uh, and, and out of that came this kind of like seed of an idea. And then over the next three years, um, I just was writing it and passing it to Max to uh, give me notes on. And we'll just, he and I would just sit and talk about life and everything. And and I was also in Lodge 49 at that point too. So like I was, I would be on Lodge and then write on my off time. And then over the, Course of like three and a half years finally the script got to a point where i was like okay now it's uh i think i think we know what this is and i got a good manager at that at that point who who took it out and sent it to andy sandberg and uh just went down from there Do you
1: think there are any common mistakes that new writers make when submitting a, a script like that and trying to keep it under budget as you mentioned like are there any common pitfalls people fall
0: under
2: Oh, I don't know (laughs) if, if, if there are, I, I, I don't know that, but I learned that whole process was, uh, you know, we were aiming for a small little indie film that we could go do. And in the writing of it and following like where my tastes lie and my instincts, like I just think that while I really enjoy and love good, good small Indies, um, that are in there like a part of like why I want to even get into this I still have this um, kind of spectacle craving mm-hmm. inside too and so the where the script ended up after those several years like in the one that got to Andy it was not a that was not a hundred thousand or five hundred thousand or a million dollar script it was like the, the it already had ballooned a little bit just mm-hmm. and I was trying to limit myself as much as I could but it was still like I don't know I, I just I like some explosions here and there <laughs> and, <laughs> Uh, things that are just not as easy to pull off. Uh, and then uh, once we teamed up with Andy, like it was the same idea. Like he, that's where, uh, that's what they're attracted to as well. And while Palm Springs is definitely a small indie film, it's not, it's, it's much larger than what we initially were planning on. So um, so the, uh, I would say rather than pitfalls, it's like, uh, I don't know, uh, you, you'll, you'll, you aim for something smaller, uh, I, I I use that as a learning experience about like identifying more of what I kind of what I want to write. Uh, hmm. uh, because I saw where where I needed a a bigger sandbox to play in a little bit, hmm. which is kind of the show. The show a, is a, it's a much bigger sandbox than than that was.
1: Was there any point? I think you said three and a half years in that where you almost scrapped it or or maybe went away from it like what kind of inspired you to keep working on that story and get it to where it became after after such a long period of time
2: um i would say i mean they're sure that there are moments there were lulls in there for sure i got too busy with other stuff and but um it was never never like totally scrapped it and i would say one of the things that like truly kept me going was that this was something that Max and I wanted to do together mm. and having someone else invested in it. It's not, not mm. just a, a producer who's trying to make it and stuff, which that's helpful too. But like someone who is like, wants like this, who's also like their DNA is in it, but also like wants this to be their first, their directorial debut too. Like want mm. they want to direct this thing and having just like that kind of equal investment in something um, is that was, you know, that was a lifesaver because once like you're left to, just yourself and your own negative thoughts. Um uh and you can just fall into like a failure spiral and just decide to give up. Um so um yeah ha- having having someone to lean on is was huge.
0: Mm. So you've
1: touched on a few things already, but how did you get involved with the resort? Where did that idea come from?
2: Um this was a uh I had written a movie about eight years ago that was about a um the come, a coming-of-age little indie comedy drama thing that was about a, a kid who went on vacation with his family down to the resort. And uh, over the course of a week, he, he develops a friendship, a kind of unlikely friendship with this older couple who's who's there celebrating their 10-year anniversary. Um, and that was like an earlier version of Sam and his family. And then and then the couple was like an earlier version of Emma and Noah. And it was like, it was a sweet little movie that was not very good. Um, so so I didn't really do much with it. And I just didn't really show it to many people uh, it just didn't work and I put it away, but it was the thing that I couldn't ever totally quit on too. Uh, and so like I would work on something else and come back to it and look at it through a new lens, or then work on someone else and come back to it again. And that just over the, over several years, like, and just take it apart and like approach it through wherever I was in my life at that point. And then fast forward, whatever to like 2019 or so, or, uh, and I looked at it and I realized then that, um, like not only was I looking at, the like the relationships that inspire the original story and Mm -hmm. where I was at the time that I wrote it. And also the script itself. Uh, I was was looking at all that through this kind of like nostalgic lens of this thing that I, I was trying to recapture something. that couldn't be recaptured. I I couldn't let it go because I was like unwilling to let it go. I was unwilling to just look forward and like give up on it. And I I then realized that could be a problem too. Uh, There's like this uh, nostalgic spiral that you can, you can get trapped into. And I had, Felt like I got trapped into that with this story. So I still couldn't give it up. Um, <laughs> I uh, just decided to like split it in half, which was like uh, take the two, the married couple, put them in the present day and then take the take Sam and his family um, and then Violet and, and her dad uh, and put them in the past and just make this like, you know, it's it's always the story had always been kind of about like Emma and Noah by like, needing to, recapture something trying to recapture something from their their past trying to like figure out like why like what's missing in their lives how they got to this point in their lives and uh and so in doing that and splitting it up over time over time and then um creating this little you know missing person's case in there it's now it's about emma and noah literally trying to find out what happened to sam and violet in the past while also like trying to figure out what happened to their lives how they got here and so um then once that kind of was, once I kind of, once I introduced that into the, like, the script, I, everything started to kind of fall into place a little more clearly to me. So it was like mm-hmm. you know, another multiple timeline mystery stories out there. And like, I, I know what those like, you know, I know that the tropes there and I, one of the things I really wanted to do is like, uh, I wanted to show more of the past than mm-hmm. we're used to seeing in, in those uh, where it's like, it's more, about the characters in the past and about um, this, about this relationship. And then there's like little mystery things like sprinkled on there, but I wanted to show mm-hmm. more that where we're kind of supposed to be seeing about the past. Um, and, then yeah, and then it just kind of ballooned from there to be honest. Um, uh, and it becomes a, like it's it becomes a wild story, especially like it takes, takes a major turn in the, in the half of the season that it's, it's a, it's a show about, uh, show called the resort that didn't that there's no more resorts after episode 4
1: how, how do you balance so uh, you mentioned kind of just like the notes for episode 5 like everything that's not in the final script which i think you said could be like hundreds of pages how do you balance that um plus like when you are on a deadline for something like how do you kind of navigate those two worlds
2: um it's very hard i would say it's at a certain point, you just have to, like, <laughs> just say, well, I guess this is as good as it's going to get. Uh, so that in that point, in that sense, deadlines are very helpful because you just have to, you can't, like, overthink something. Um, what was hard, also what's hard about this is, like, doing, like, like the show running job um, at the same time as also, like, writing and rewriting, you know, from the hours of, like, 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. Uh, every night and then going to, going to set the next day like having to balance those two parts, like the actual just production moving forward and the writing part. Um, it's uh, that is a, that is a tough balance. And so um, I think it's, it's basically the survival, uh, your survival skills kick in. And that's, I think that's the only way to kind of get through it all. And you just have to trust that like your instincts are right. So that what is, what ends up in the those final 30 pages that, that, we were shooting um uh the whole journey to get there uh you just have to convince yourself that it was necessary even if it wasn't necessary even if the 100 or 500 pages wasn't necessary you just have to convince yourself that there was otherwise uh otherwise you will lose your mind
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you do get like particularly stuck in a, in a scene or a moment are you looking at other pieces um in the same genre are you looking like look, where do you kind of go if you do get stuck in, in a writing process
2: I get stuck. I, I you can usually tell when like something is broken, and I I'm trying to. Figure, I, and often it's not what I've what i what I've learned is that it's often not in the scene that I'm like that I feel that I'm noticing it. And it's usually something that's much deeper and mm-hmm. scary. And that's the scary thing to look at. Uh, but it's like some of the best things that have happened on like like the best ideas of, from the show. I feel. Uh, have come from identifying that and doing the hard work of like oh there is something else fundamentally wrong here and the easy thing might seem to be like oh we'll just put a band-aid on whatever this is and do a simple fix or it's like let's look under the hood and see what the problem is and that happened a couple times not too many times but there was a couple times where it happened and like it just it just forces um like you like you have to like really both at the same time to get, like, really zoom in on like the core emotional part of what the story is and thematic part of what the story is you're telling while also trying to keep like a bird's eye view of it too to see so you can still see how uh t- how all this fits in uh, as a whole to make sure what like what you are trying to diagnose in this this little tiny tiny screw that's loose somewhere um that it doesn't make the entire you know engine fall apart um mm-hmm. so yeah i think that like that is uh the i i, I that's what's the first thing i'll do when i when i start encountering a problem i realize that it's something probably broken in that sense and then from there um i will i mean i sometimes yeah sometimes it's movies like i'll I'll go and watch a movie to see like how they made it through something i realize oh it's like trust the audience is just much smarter than like most people give them credit for like mm-hmm. audience can pick up something so much quicker than like uh. uh they they don't need as much shoe leather sometimes. So like mm. that like a slimming down process. And you know, and and, and is it Craig Mazin has that that great um episode of script notes uh that uh it's he's just doing like what uh what is story or and it's the whole like kind of finding Nemo breakdown mm. and sometimes like I found myself just like listening to that just as like a kind of a way to get back on track a little bit. Um uh I feel like yeah when you're lost in the woods a little bit you're kind of looking for any kind of uh, anything anything that can like any guidepost at all. And so uh, usually it's analyzing the self and where you went wrong and self-hatred and and then looking for guideposts in other movies or, or that.
1: So you mentioned this kind of coming from a movie that didn't work out. So most people are just going to maybe look you up on IMDb, see a lot of success stories. What are the things they don't see? Do you have like a drawer full of spec scripts? Like what, what does it look like between jobs and that type of thing for those trying to break in today?
2: Um. Yeah, it's like, a, definitely have a, a bunch of really bad scripts uh, somewhere. And, I, and it's funny because like there are some like other, I some, I, I, I've seen it happen with, with other friends from um, I went to film school with and like the constant reworking of, of, a, of a script that was done um, that was written there like mm-hmm. uh, like little revisions here and there um, and I I am like kind of of the mindset like those were all just kind of like stepping stones to like help further find your voice and like always, always move on to the next thing just uh, mm-hmm. don't don't dwell on the one thing that you're, it's going to be, you're going to make that one thing a masterpiece. It's going to be like probably 50 other things that you might get close to like something that's decent after you're just like writing through everything. And I say that at the same time where this show was born out of some older idea, older script. So like, I know I'm talking out of like both sides of my mouth there a little bit, but, but the difference between this, this script that I, that I had done eight years ago, is like, I never tried to rewrite that script at all. I think there was like uh, a rewrite in the sense of like, Starting from the beginning and like you know tweaking dialogue here, making a couple smart moves here and there, it was, it was like no, I just blew it up completely every single time. It, it became something totally different every single time. But there was something about just like this char- these characters and this like this relationship that I couldn't let go of. And it was more like there was an emotional truth that I was holding onto, and then put it through it entirely and put it into an entirely different like um uh format, I guess. Cause yeah, you, you, it, the, the script is like, it's unrecognizable from anything that is here, but it's, you can, you get until you look close, like, oh, I can see where like the first seed of an idea started, started okay. there. Um, so yeah, the biggest advice or the biggest thing is like, yes, there, there's, there's a lot of scripts that uh, I have that I have no interest in looking at at all. Like there is a, uh, I mean, after Palm Springs came out, there was a hand, there's a couple other scripts I had that um, uh, there were like somewhere like, some casual interest, and in, and I decided like I don't I don't actually don't even I wrote, I wrote that before Palm Springs, and I don't I don't need to go back there, um, mm-hmm. uh, just because like I didn't feel like certain things I don't I don't I don't know if like the story like a story needs to be told anymore either, um, right? And and I know that like I'm a different writer than I was then, and mm-hmm. so I think it's the big thing is it's okay to to move on from something. It's okay to let go. Like it, it a finished script is a great rare thing. So finish, like writing something to the finish line, that is a huge victory in and of itself. And like, allow that to be the victory that like, okay, like you, you did that now do it again. I
1: think we're almost out of time. We'll just do um, one more. You've given a lot of great advice already. If you were to maybe go, go back and, and give yourself advice early in your career, anything that, anything that comes to mind, like writerly advice.
2: Um yeah I guess um, uh, I mean there's a handful of little things like look for the little wins um, like whether that's just like uh I remember one thing I went I had like my first general meeting um, uh, uh, like a couple months, come a couple months out of AFI, and I remember like it was set like like three weeks three weeks in advance and I remember those three weeks were like cool. I was like, I have something to look forward to in three weeks. And so, if, like, anytime you have like you get someone wants to meet at all, even if it's just like about about any of your writing, like, and you have a choice between like uh, two, two weeks ahead of or two weeks from now or three weeks from now or three weeks from now or four weeks from now, always go for the further one because like uh, that's just more uh, that's just gonna keep you afloat and like uh, keep you like excited about something at least and keep you motivated to keep on writing. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, that 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 piece of advice, and then the other thing is like uh, leaning on 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 peers and friends, and uh, and wh- whether that's a writing partner or uh, uh, a creative partner, like like like, and and what I had with Max um, for Palm Springs, like because those are the things that also like those are the relationships that get you through things uh, uh, through like the hardest times, and on the resort like the. The, there are a few relationships that got me through the hardest times in the writing uh, process uh, of this. And I, and I kept those people very close to me um, because you, you're going to be needing the, uh, the, the moments to lean on others. And that that doesn't go, that's from the earliest stages of your career to the, to the end. I think you're always, always need to lean on people uh, and to help kind of prop you up and, uh, and, and be the ones that will read your script right when you send it to them. Um, at 5 a.m. Uh, they'll wake up and get right away and like knowing that there's those people out there is that's one of the most it truly is one of the most valuable things to have because nothing sucks more than like when you send a script and it's like a month later that someone reads it it's a uh, it's you want people that you can like kind of count on around you too
1: Hey thanks again for tuning into to the show this is also part of the television screenwriting master class which you can get right now at scriptmastermind.com television for one dollar that includes advice from joseph gordon levitt on mr corman judd apatow about freaks and geeks the writers of godfather harlem hunters mosquito coast handmaid's tale and many more that is
0: scriptmastermind.com slash television for one dollar